0: And how many know Jesus had power in His call? Amen. But you know something, I want to declare this to you today. You're not called to sin. You're not called to fail. You're not called to get in a rut. You're not called to discouragement or depression. You're not called to suicide. You're not called to addictions. You're not called, amen, to be left behind. You're not called to go hide somewhere. You're not called to argue with the world. You are called by God to fulfill His purpose in the earth. Amen. And the Bible calls it a holy calling. It is a precious calling. It is a significant calling from God, amen, that rests on your life. As Jesus said in Luke's gospel, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to do this, amen. And so the power of the Holy Spirit comes on you to do because you are. I want to say it one more time. The power of the Holy Spirit comes upon you to do because you are. So many people are trying to, amen, to be something. They are in God. You already are, amen, a son of the living God. And so he anoints you to do because you are his, right? Amen. And so I really believe that's important. But just looking over some of the things that when the Holy Spirit comes upon us and comes into our life and what we've been given power to do, I've just written a couple things down and I wanted to focus on the one, but the Holy Spirit comes upon you and he gives you power in your calling. He gives you courage in your storms, boldness in your witness, healing in your hands, soundness in your life, and connection in your prayers. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, this is what He gives you, and I want to focus on the power in your calling today. God gives you the power in your calling. Many people think that when, when we talk about your call of God and, and the calling of God, they have this picture already that it's for being a preacher or being a pastor or standing behind a podium or or going into the ministry. How many know that's not what Jesus said? I said that's not what the Bible declares. That's not what... uh, That's just a different responsibility in that calling. That's just a different office in that calling. But every believer is called to fulfill the mission of God. And everyone who's received the Holy Spirit has special abilities and power to fulfill that call. Are we all right? Getting on the same page here, right? So I don't want you to think that when I talk about your calling, oh, well, that's just for somebody, I, you know, that's a preacher, that's a pastor, that's somebody who, who's that's an evangelist, that's somebody who, you know, is a prophet. No, that's for every believer, amen? Come on, somebody, amen? That's for every believer, amen? So God gives you the power in your calling. That's special abilities from the Lord to do His mission. In fact, the Bible declares for every believer that in Acts chapter 1, He says, but He said this, he said, tarry in Jerusalem until you be endued or empowered by the Spirit of God. And then he said, you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you to be my witnesses. Amen. Come on, again, he gives you the power to do because you are. And so he said, I give you the, you shall receive power to be my witnesses. And so how many believe today with all your heart that God has given you power in your calling? Amen. Special abilities and giftings from the Holy Spirit to fulfill the mission of Jesus Christ. Amen. And you know something very interesting about, we were talking about promises last week, but I got to thinking about something, even as we're singing it today. The promises that God has given us, the grace that He's shown us, the blessings that come from the Lord were never, ever intended to stop with you. Come on. Amen. Grace was never intended to be just about you. The grace of God, first of all, was intended to be about Him. That He would receive glory. Because it's not about you, because you can't do it by yourself. You need God, amen. You need the Lord. And you need the power of the Holy Spirit, amen, to do what He's called you to do. And so the promises, the grace, the blessings of God, they are never intended to stop at you. And I don't think they really can. I I believe that if we squander the blessings, we ignore the grace, and we don't live out the promises, God will just say, who's next in line? Because they've got to go somewhere. Because once God speaks a promise, it doesn't end up and stop. It just keeps going and keeps going and keeps going. The reason that we are to see the grace and live in the grace of God is that we can show great grace to other people. It's not that we can just say, God excuses me, Uh, you know, he makes allowances for me, Uh, you know, he just gives me another chance. That's just not what it's about. It's given God's grace and blessing, amen, is given to you that you can give it away. So that you can distribute it, so that it'll flow from your life and you'll distribute it to other people. Or any disciples of Jesus listening to me today. Amen. And so this is why they come. And I love that because the Bible even says in the Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit came, when the promise came, the Bible says Peter declared that this promise, this promise of the Father, the Holy Spirit, is not just for you. It's not just for you. It's for your kids. It's for your grandchildren. And notice he said it's for your children, your grandchildren, because most people, the average person, I would agree, would would see their grandchildren, right? They would be able to see it. The average person can see it. So he's saying it's for people that you'll see. But then he goes a little bit further and he said, listen, this is how good this promise is. It just doesn't stop with you. It it goes to those, amen, that you can't even see yet. Every, the Bible says it, whoever the Lord God will call, as many of those are far off, amen? Amen. How many believe that today? Amen. It wasn't just for them. It just wasn't for their generation. But it was for us today, 2,000 years later, who they'd never be able to embrace. Amen. They'd never see us, but God said this promise is for us. So how many know the promise of God, the grace of God, the blessings of God don't stop with you? Amen. I hope I'm not bursting anybody's bubble today. But it just... That's the way it is. And so God uses our abilities, doesn't he? He uses our talents. He uses our personalities. Along with, not separate from, his calling. I think a lot of people believe that God wants to kill your personality. God doesn't want to kill your personality. God doesn't want to kill your passions. Did you know that? He doesn't want to kill your desires. What he does is he transforms them. He transforms your passions. You had a passion, amen, back in the day to bully everybody in the neighborhood. God wants to turn that passion into being a strong leader for Jesus Christ, amen. He wants to transform your abilities. Some of you have great abilities and talents that the Lord has given you. God doesn't want you to shut those down when you get saved. He wants to transform those. That that He'll use those for His glory in the mission of Jesus Christ. Some of you are wonderful with people. Some of you are, are better with books. Some of you are better with numbers. Some of you are better with business. Some of you, come on. But God doesn't want to shut that down. He wants to rebirth that. Amen. Come on. Speaking of rebirth, I like this t-shirt, Born Twice. Okay, so, th- so this is what the Lord does, and he, he changes that, and He transforms that as we walk in obedience. Amen. And so the calling of God, I love this, and I realize this, that the calling of God takes me beyond my comfort, my abilities, and it leads me to this place of great faith, great courage, and great risk. <laughs> how many know you can't say faith without saying risk? Come on, in God. Someone said, I got faith in God, then we can say you take a lot of risk in the Lord. Amen. You must step out in faith a lot. You must really go outside your comfort zone if you've got faith. Because how many know if you've got faith in Jesus, that means you're getting ready to step out of boat? Amen. And you're getting ready to take a chance and take a step. And you're getting ready to go beyond yourself and touch somebody else and go into a level of faith that it's just crazy. You can't do it, amen, without the power of the Holy Spirit, amen. And so God wants you to do that. And so I believe that many people, and I've, I've seen it, I wouldn't say it unless I knew it, but a lot of people walk in, want, want the blessings of God and they want to walk in the blessings, but they don't want to walk in their calling. Now maybe it's because it's not about them anymore. Maybe it's because uh, when you walk in your calling it's harder it's a harder road to go. I don't know because it calls you into self- sacrifice. It calls you into serving others. It calls you into uh, abandoning yourself, denying yourself and maybe, I don't know why, but how many know we've got to put all that behind us and say, Lord, that I, I don't care what the risk is. I don't care what it is. I'm going to follow you in my calling. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go beyond my comfort zone. I'm going to go beyond my ability and I'm going to step into this area of faith courage and risk amen I love it amen because that's what the Lord did and you know Paul instructed us in the New Testament as he wrote his letters and many times you'll read he he, he instructed people and one specifically he said that we need to desire spiritual gifts desire spiritual gifts I don't have time to get into it but he used and he goes on to say again one other time he uses a stronger word and he says covet earnestly the best gifts In other words, that means that you really, really, really want to prophesy. That's what it says, isn't it? You really, really, I really want to lay hands on the sick. I want to see them recover. That's what it means. Desire spiritual gifts. Run out, And he even talks about going after spiritual gifts. Search for spiritual gifts. Look after that. But how many know we don't live according to that, but we certainly can desire those things. The problem is is when our old self, our flesh, gets in there and we start thinking that gifts are about us. And we start thinking that, that, oh, wow, I'm the healer. Oh, wow, I'm the the one who's right because I can prophesy. No, 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 no. It's not about you. It's about him. It's about his giftings, his abilities. And it's not about making you a special star, unique in the body of Christ, a standout. It's about you just fulfilling, simply fulfilling your call that God has on your life of the mission that Jesus said all of us need to fill. Come on, all of us need to walk in. How many believe, let, let me just see and take a little quick poll. How many believe that God's called you? Let me see your hand. Amen. You believe God's called you before the foundation of the world to be saved. How many believe that God's given you gifts? Anybody? Did you raise up your hand twice? Because you should have. Amen. If God's called you and you received the Holy Spirit, He's gifted you to walk in that call. Every person in this room, God has special gifts for you. God has special abilities for you. Amen. The Bible is chock full of all those things that God has given us. The, the, really, the challenge is, is that we are to know those, to learn those things as we walk with the Lord, and then to walk them out. A lot of people, I've heard them say, well, my gifting is this, my gifting is that. But I've, uh, one person said, I, I'm called to prophesy. And I said, well, when's the last time you prophesied? Never. Well, if God called you to do it, God gifted you to do it, why aren't you doing it? Well, I'm really, i just afraid of people. It's a fear of people. I said, listen, it's got to stop being about you and it's got to be about Him. Number one, it's got to be about other people. If God's given you a gift, it's because He wants you to get it to somebody else. And if you don't get it to somebody else, they're going to not have that. Come on, they they won't experience it. And so God gives you the gift of healing, gift of faith, gift of uh, hospitality for other people. And if you're not using your gift, somebody's missing out. You're cheating somebody else out of a blessing from God. Somebody else is going without the gift. Amen. They're going out with a blessing because you won't move in it. Because you don't understand it, you won't move in it. Come on, somebody. Is this all right? I promise it's going to be nice. Amen. Some of you give me a dirty look, but I know it's because you're still hungry from fasting. Amen. So I'll pardon that this morning. So let me just give you real quick, let me give you three power aids, what I call p- three power aids when you receive the Holy Spirit. I believe, number one, there's the anointing. The anointing, number two, there's authority. And number three, there's assignment. These are three power aids that come from receiving the Holy Spirit. The power of your calling, amen, the, when the Holy Spirit comes on your life. And that is, number one, the anointing. Now, Mark's gospel, I love this account. Jesus, the Bible says that Jesus went to a mountain and he called up to those who who he would, and they came to him and he ordained the twelve that they should be with him and that uh, he might send them forth to preach and have power to heal sickness and cast out devils. Amen. A lot of times we would read Matthew chapter 10 that he called those 70 to him and he anointed them and he he said, now you have power to cast out devils and heal the sick and cleanse the leper. But the Bible makes it clear that Jesus went to a mountain, then he called people up to himself, amen, that would follow him and be with him. How many know that's what a calling's all about? It's about being with Jesus. Amen. Where he is and what he's doing and how he's done it. Amen. And so this is really neat. But he anoints them and he anoints us. And so the Holy Spirit comes on you to meet the needs of others. Did you know that? The Holy Spirit doesn't come on you to, to get your Shundai on or get your shout on in church or for you to feel goosebumps or make you feel like you're okay. I know a lot of people don't, they want to come to church and they want to feel something so that they can feel okay. How many know you can be okay in God's eyes and still not feel much? But people, they want to worship for two hours until they feel something. And then when I get my shout on, I'm okay. What the pastor has to say, that's optional. But the important thing is I got my shout on. How many know that's not God? That's not church. That's not the way we are to live our lives. You can't live on that. Come on. But what you can live on is that he's with you. He'll never leave you, never forsake you. He's always with you. And you'll never, uh, you know, the fact that he's called you, the fact that he's with you to fulfill that call, man, is enough for you to shout in church. Even if he sang one dead old hymn from 1820, that's enough for you to shout, Amen. Amen. The anointing doesn't come on you to make you feel good, but I got to be honest with you. When the anointing comes on you, you feel real good. Oh yes, you do. You feel like you feel like floating on air. You feel like you're flying. You, and I, I've been I've been times that I just stood by and I, God's used me in such a powerful way, and I just stood by and it's like, who's that guy right there? I was like, who is this guy? You know, it's come on, and then you, you, you know, and then somehow you got to go back home and live life and pay bills and all this stuff, and you're like, where was that guy, you know, on this day, right? Amen. Because the anointing comes on you to meet the needs of others. It doesn't come on you to make you popular and just give you a good personality or make you charismatic. Amen. The Holy Spirit comes on you for a reason. It comes on you to meet the needs of others. Jesus said, you're anointed to be my witnesses. He didn't say, you're anointed to be my showcase. You're anointed to be my showroom. Amen. I want you, amen, to display my glory. Amen. Hallelujah. And to be there. So this is what the Holy Spirit comes on us to do, to to meet the needs of others. In fact, Jesus himself declared that he was there, he was anointed to minister to others. And if you want to write anything down today, just write this down. You were created to worship, but you were anointed to meet needs. Amen. You were created to worship, but you were anointed to meet needs. Amen. So God's anointed for you is he's, I mean, look at it through the scriptures. He's anointed you to preach. He's anointed you to pray. He's anointed you for victory. How many believe that you're anointed for victory? Amen. Come on, you're anointed to win today. Amen. I believe that. Let me give me give you some other great things that you're anointed for. You're anointed for trouble. You're anointed for trials. You're anointed for persecution. Oh my goodness. Wow, that's different, isn't it? Can you shout now? Amen. You know how many they get all people shouting, get all, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You know, because they've been anointed to preach, but but how about anointed for persecution? Were you still gonna preach then? Oh yeah, you are. Come on, but, but if I realize that I'm anointed for victory, then I can say I'm anointed for trouble because I know that my trouble is going to lead to victory, amen, because I'm anointed to get through it and not stop at it because God has called me to something bigger, amen, and so I'm called and anointed to preach. People love that. I, I, I'm God's anointed to preach. Could we ever brag about where God's anointed to be persecuted? Did we ever, do you ever hear somebody brag about how they're God's anointed to go through trials and trouble? You're looking at me funny, but Jesus was anointed to go through the wilderness. Oh, yes, he was. The Bible says that the spirit of the Lord led him into the wilderness to be tried. Amen. Oh, man, we don't like to say that, do we? But the next time that you are reminded that you're going through a trial, you feel like you're going through the wilderness and you're in the desert, just say, God, I thank you that I've been anointed to go through trouble. I thank you that I've been anointed for this trial. And who you anoint, amen, you give strength to. And who you give strength to, you give joy to. And who you give joy to, you give victory to, amen, today. Hallelujah. So how in the world could any believer be discouraged? Amen. Hallelujah. So Jesus was anointed so that He could preach and teach with miracles. He was anointed to hang on the cross and die. Hello? You got quiet in here. How many believe Jesus was uh, anointed to heal? Oh, yes, He was. How many believe He was anointed to die? Yes, He was. Amen. He was anointed, amen, to go to the cross. Aren't you glad that He was? You know, and I just thought about a couple of people as I hurry along here. uh, thought about a couple of people. Esther was anointed to save a nation. David was anointed to slay a, a giant. Jesus was anointed to preach to the Jews. The disciples were anointed to go to the world. And we're anointed to finish the mission. Amen. And so the anointing of God comes on us. Amen. To minister others and fulfill the mission that Jesus set out to do. And it's for everybody in this room. I don't want you to get in your mind that it's for a select few. It's for everybody. I said it's for everybody The devil wants to make you think That oh you have to do this and be from here And do that and this education You got to have this social status No, no, it's for everybody And God loves to use the Amen, the meaningless God loves to use the poor God loves to use the nameless God loves to use those who came out of shame And darkness God loves to use them as his best trophy Amen Yes he does Yes he does And if you think God uses perfect people, then you need to get born again all over again. Amen. Hallelujah. But you know, I've noticed this, that many people receive the Holy Spirit as a seal of promise. The Bible says it's a seal of promise, but they almost use the Holy Spirit as a seal of promise to lock their seed in heaven, to get their seed in heaven locked in. But that's not what the Bible makes clear, is that the seal is a mark of recognition and equipping to do the work of Jesus. That's the seal of promise. Amen. Many people think, well, I'm saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, I got the seal of promise, I'm good. I'm just waiting to get to heaven. How many know that's not what the seal means? The seal means that there's a recognition from the King of Kings. You've got the, sing, the, the King's seal on your life. Amen. There's a recognition. Amen. How many know anointing is recognition? Yes, it is. When David was anointed as a 17-year-old boy, Saul said, I recognize the next King of, De- of Israel. It was recognition. Now unfortunately, I've got to be honest and tell the other side of that, the anointing of God comes on us and it's as recognition, but not necessarily approval. So that's why the Holy Spirit's in our life to help us with our character, because the gifts will take you where their character can't keep you, and some people get thinking that the anointing is for approval on whatever they do, but how many know that's not what the anointing's all about? Amen? That's a whole nother sermon right there, Amen? And we'll leave that for when we're feasting someday. Amen. Amen. But you know, the anointing of God, and let me just say this because I've got to move on. The anointing comes from a life of prayer and being in God's presence. It's, there's no lottery of anointing. Either you got it and you don't, you have it, you don't. No. It, it's being in his presence. Come on, it's being in his presence. And that's what it's about. I'm going to explain that in just a little bit. But some people, as we can talk about all day long, that some people, I, I kind of look at their life and kind of listen to them and I feel like they're really not anointed. They're more annoying than anointed. To, amen. But how many know we got to love those guys too? Amen, right? Amen, hallelujah. But, you know, I just wanted to say this, that the feeling of the anointing can be misleading. It really can. It just it feels like, wow, I really what was that? God spoke to me i didn't even know that person's name. I mean the Lord woke me up this morning, told me to go to the grocery store and do this and I mean that's amazing. how many know, but those feelings can be misleading, right? They can be misleading, and we don't follow feelings. We follow the great commission, and as you follow the great commission, amen, then you'll please the Lord amen ain't that great amen' Those feelings can be misleading, and sometimes they can can lead you into a place that your character can't keep you, but the anointing is precious, and the anointing is from the Lord, and the anointing is from His presence. The second thing is, is the authority. The authority. See, there's three power aids, and one is the anointing. We see that because the Bible says that the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you're going to go, and you're going to preach. So we that's clear. There's an anointing to preach. That's what you you do. You preach, you pray, you know, you you all that thing. But then there's an authority. And I just want to spend a little, just just clear this up a little bit. You know, when Jesus began his ministry, one of the first things that was always questioned about him was his authority. By what authority do you do these things? Who gave you the permission? Who gave you the right? They they always questioned his rights and and authority, didn't they? And, And in fact, they say, by what authority do you do these things? They didn't say by whose anointing. They didn't question the anointing. They questioned His authority. And they didn't, Right? They did that. And so the authority, why? Because the authority is about lordship. It's about the lordship of Jesus. In fact, it wasn't until Jesus declared Himself to be the Messiah, as He said right here after He read this portion of Scripture in Isaiah, the Bible says He sat down and everybody looked at Him like, oh, this guy's crazy. Did you hear what He just said? Did I, did I, did he, hear, did he just say what I thought he said? And Jesus said, today the scripture is fulfilled in your ears. And they flipped out because he's declaring that he's the son of God. Alright? Amen. So authority means authorization or it means influence. That's what it means. And so as Christians, as believers, how many believe that when the Holy Spirit comes into our life and we're anointed, we also have authority? We have power. We have the power, the right, the permission, the authorization, the mandate from God to do what he's called us to do in the earth. Now, let me just clear this up, that God has given us authority to establish his lordship and his gospel, come on, overcoming the enemy. He's given us authority over that and, and the anointing to minister to the lost. But we do not have the authority or lordship, I should say, over other people. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Now, there's a parental authority. There's a managerial authority. Now, we, under, we respect those. We understand those. I'm talking about a lordship. I'm talking about a spiritual authority. Anytime some preacher says, I've got spiritual authority over you, you better run. Amen? Because only one has spiritual authority over all of us, and that is the Lord. Amen? The Lord. But see, this is the... I'm going to get into that. But you, you see, you, you, you can't... And the other thing about authority is you can't pray for more authority. Did you know that? Because it's already been given. You inherited the authority of the name of Jesus. How many believe that all authority has been given to that name? Amen. And you've inherited that name. And so you inherited the authority from the Lord. That's good, isn't it? I said that's good, isn't it? That's why you can go into a hospital and lay hands on the sick because you've inherited the authority that Jesus had over unclean spirits and sickness and disease. You've inherited that authority. And so we have that right. We have that power and permission from the Lord. Amen. But it did, because it didn't come from you and it isn't about you and it doesn't go away with you, Amen. It's eternal. Amen. So let's move along. And so God has really given us authority to overcome the devil and, and the anointing to minister to the lost. This is why we've been given this authority. You know, I thought about this a very simple analogy that a motorcycle like a Harley that's very powerful, brand new, and it's, it's awesome, it has all kinds of power, but how many know it needs to be put into gear in order for it to go anywhere, right? Makes sense, doesn't it? You can have all the power and all the authority and claim all this stuff here in church. But, amen, until you get out there and you start doing something about it, amen, and exercising it, you won't ever see it. Amen. Thank God you've got power over the carpet on Sunday morning. But how many of you know you not need to take power over the devil, amen, on Monday through Saturday? <laughs> amen. So that's why we've been here. We get charged up. We get encouraged that we can do the work of the Lord. Amen. See, and I believe that many think that, uh, and get deceived, they think that personality, strong personalities, they think that anger, they think that volume is authority and strength, and it's really not. How I many you know God can use a shepherd boy? God can use, a, 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 you know, just Mary. He can use anybody. He can use, uh, come on, just uh, someone who whispers. God can use somebody who can't talk. Moses, who stuttered. God used them. I mean, God can use anybody, Right? Amen, I, I get a little loud because I get excited, but that doesn't necessarily mean I've got all kinds of authority, right? But sometimes we mistake that. We mistake anger for spiritual strength. Amen? I've known people, they get angry in church. I mean, they're throwing stuff, and, and it's like, what are you doing? I'm just rebuking the devil. No, you're having an anger fit. You need anger management. Did you forget to take meds this morning? I mean, you're, you're flipping out. We gotta. We need security over here today. Amen? This worship's getting out of hand. All right, so... So Jesus has given, we've got authority through the name of Jesus. Jesus, the name of Jesus, gives you access to God. That's what, that's what the Bible says. It gives you access to the Lord and everything that God has, all His nature, all His gifts, everything, and His power. But it, it doesn't give you authority over people. I know people who tried to try to use the name of Jesus over people. You know that, How many know that's just called witchcraft. Let's just call it what it is. You you can't say, I I rebuke in Jesus' name. You know, but God God uses us to rebuke spirits. And they may be operating through people. I've looked at people and right in the eyes and rebuked the devil. I wasn't wasn't cursing that person. I was cursing the devil that was using that person that was speaking to them. And they got delivered. (laughs) Amen. Hallelujah. We need to move on. So... I don't lord over people's lives. We don't do that. We don't lord over people's lives and spiritually. That's the Lord. That's what he is. You know, I heard this quote from somebody and I love it about spiritual authority. Power is intoxicating and intoxicated people make bad decisions. Amen. Some of you just getting that one because it was like, whoa. Amen. But how many know you've been deputized, but you ain't the sheriff? I like, to think, I like to think of it that way. Amen. I've been deputized, but I ain't the sheriff. And sometimes I thank the Lord I'm not. Amen. Because I, you know what I say? God, they're yours. You deal with it. God, that's your stuff. Amen. I mean, that person belongs to you. I'm not going to worry about that. Amen. I don't have control over that. God, you take care of that. They're, they're, that's your stuff. You're the sheriff. Amen. So we can walk around the church and say there's a new deputy in town. We can't say a new sheriff in town. Amen. Just a little joke. And so, you know, authority is not this. Authority is not abuse. It's not intimidation. It's not freedom for the flesh. Uh, You know, as you look at the Scriptures and you see the authority that God's given us through the Holy Spirit, it's equal to humility. It really is. It's equal humility. Knowing that it's not you, it's God. Knowing that you can't do it, but God has to do it. It's submitting to God's Lordship. That's, what, that's where authority comes from. It comes from submitting to His Lordship. Let me just go in a little bit and we have got to wrap it up. The more you're in the Word, I've noticed this, the more you're in the Word, the more you have authority over unclean spirits and evil spirits. Is that right? Why? Because Jesus rebuked the devil by His Word. Not good ideas. He didn't rebuke him by, you know, his you know, kind of uh, uh, just humanistic ideas. He rebuked him by the Word. How many know it's only by the Word that the enemy flees? And it's the power of that word that you have in your heart, amen, that the devil comes and he says, I see something here. I see the authority of God's word in their life, amen. Hallelujah. And so the more, and here's something else I've noticed talking about the gifts, and just want to throw this out about the gift of prophecy, that the more you're in the word, this is what I've noticed, the more the gift of prophecy will grow in your life. That's just true, isn't it? You know, if you're not in the word, then what do you have? You just have ideas. You can't speak and prophesy out of your own heart. Come on, you can't just make stuff up and say it's from the Lord. It's God, it's sovereign. But most of the time, God is going to, whatever He speaks is going to be confirmed in His Word. How many know God never speaks outside of His Word, in the realm of His Word? Because the Spirit and the Word agree, is what the Bible says. Amen? And so, you know, you'll also, one of the things about prophecy is the more you're in the Word, the more the gift of prophecy will be clear in your life. It won't be weird or shady or, what was that about? What? You know what I mean? Come on. But it'll be clear. It'll be very clear. And it'll be very direct. This is what I've noticed. When you spend time in the Word and prayer, and so let's say you're praying over your neighbor or maybe somebody that you know, and I've noticed this so much. The more I was in the Word, the more when I saw somebody, the Lord spoke to me, it was like so clear. It was just like, they said, how did you know that? I don't know. It was just the Lord. That's all He said. But how many know it comes from being in the Word? Let me tell you why. Because the authority of God comes through the Word of God, and the anointing of God comes through prayer. Is that right? I don't mean, You want anointed? You want the anointing to drip from your life? Amen. Spend time in His presence. The Bible says that Jesus would pray all night. All night He would spend praying. And then He would go down and heal everyone. The miracles flowed. The healing flowed. Uh, word of knowledge flowed. It was just amazing how the gifts of the Spirit flowed. Because He was exercising the anointing of God in His life. Amen. Right? So the anointing of God is really about this. It's about... His way and, the, and the, uh, the authority is about His way and the anointing is about the will of God. That's what I've noticed. The authority is activated, I think, by submitting to God's word and the anointing is released by brokenness in His presence. Amen. Just saying, God, I can't do this. I need you to meet this need today. And the last point I want to bring out is we've talked about the two power aids already that we talked about is, and that is the anointing, the authority, but also the assignment. The assignment. How many know that when God calls you, He leads you? Is that right? How many have ever read that scripture where Jesus said that the Holy Spirit has come to lead you? He's going to lead you into all truth. And wherever he leads you and whatever he speaks to you about is from the Father. So he leads you. And how many know that Jesus is all about being on assignment? I mean, his whole morning, his whole day when he woke up was about being on assignment. In fact, the Bible says that he laid hands on the disciples and he purposely said, I'm going to lay hands on you and I'm going to send you to this city where I plan to visit. How many know he was on mission? He was on assignment. Right? Come on. He was, and so he did. Later on he visited that village. And so if you were from Bethesda, amen, come on over here. Thomas, I'm going to lay hands on you. You're going to go back to your city of Bethesda and you're going to preach the gospel. And you're going to get them ready for when I want to come. So I'm going to be there uh, July 27th. Make sure you know. Let them know. And so the Bible says that wherever he he was on assignment all the time. There was times where he was going down to, to uh, Jericho and then he stopped and he said, wait, I've got to go through Samaria. I'm on assignment today. You know, all, all through the Word of God we see this, how the Lord leads people on assignment. Jesus was led to specific people. He was led to, to people. I mean, if Jesus didn't come down that narrow road, uh, He probably wouldn't have met Zacchaeus. If He didn't go over to this hill over here, He probably wouldn't have met those ten lepers. He was on assignment constantly. He was looking for, as Jesus said, I'm here to seek and save the lost. So I believe that if you were with Jesus and walking with Him, Jesus was always constantly looking. He was on assignment. Who needs me the most today? Who needs to be healed? Who needs? Amen. And He was always on assignment. I love that. And so I know there's leadings and there's encounters and there's connections when you're on assignment with the Lord. Amen. And I like this example that we see here. When Saul of Tarsus was on his way with a death warrant to uh, kill Christians, the Bible says that he was struck off his horse and Jesus appeared to him and he said, why do you persecute me? Uh, You know, persecuting me. And uh, so you know the story. But the Bible says he was struck with blindness that day. And so for a few days, he actually was taken to somebody's house, and they cared for him. And they and and the and the Lord spoke to him. That person that was caring for him, and he said, "Hey, listen, this just isn't you know an old former uh, leader, a Pharisee that you're taking care of. Uh, God, the anointing of God is on this guy." I mean, he really got born again. And he's called to the Gentiles. And then far away, there was a guy by the name of Aeneas. In the middle of the night, the Lord spoke to this guy and he said, I want you to get up and I want you to go down to the house in Joppa and I want you to go meet this guy, Saul of Tarsus. And I want you to lay hands on him and he's going to be healed and I want you to anoint him for my call on his life. And I want you to know today, I want you to be open for the assignments of the Holy Spirit on a daily basis. I don't want you to go in the store and just like, what do I got to get? And cut people off and ignore the cashier. I want you to challenge you to go in there and say, Lord, today, who is in need? Who can I minister to today? So we might think you're a little crazy when we see you go through the store. Oh, hey, brother. Just I'm on assignment. Okay. Amen. Come on, somebody. How many know that's the way Jesus was, and that's the way you need? And the Holy Spirit has anointed you, and he's called you to be on assignment. Amen. There's leadings of the Holy Spirit. You just felt led to do this, and you felt something. You felt like, how many know you just did something like that? How many know? And there's other times you're just living your life, kind of walking through your day, and all of a sudden it's like, wow, that was God. That was Lord. How many have ever said that recently? That was God. That was a God appointment. How many have ever said that? That was a total God appointment right there. Well, you know something? That's the way it should be for you every day. That's the way God wants to lead you. Amen. He wants to bring you into encounters with people and needs and things like that He's doing. And then He also wants to bring you into connections. Amen. I like this talking about the church being on assignment and being being led by the Spirit and being on encounters. I, I know we get a little funny about that sometimes as believers. We, we kind of just talk to people, what, what are you feeling here today? I don't know. Just feel something today. You know, it's almost like a little mystery. How many have talked to people like that? What do you feel? I don't know. I feel something today. You know, we, we kind of hide from those people a little bit, but that's okay. But you know, I believe it's for that we can go out and, and we can declare Jesus Christ and we can fulfill the mission. I like this quote. It's a little... A little different, but I love it. It matches, and I'm going to share it with you today. The church is like manure. Let me finish. I'm not done. Many would say amen, but don't say amen right there. The church is like manure. You spread it around and things grow. You keep it in one pile and it stinks. I mean, God didn't call you, amen, just to, amen, prophesy over everybody in this room a hundred times. Some of you got so many prophesies, pro- Prophesy over your life, you can't live out enough times to fulfill those call and those prophecies that you got here, amen? Thank God for that. Thank God we can minister to one another. But after the tenth time of the same prophecy, when are you going to live this thing out? Amen? I like what... Brother Steve Fox said, he's passed now, but he's a wonderful wonderful brother in the Lord. He said, man, you want something to do? He said, just go find a Philistine. Lay hands on him, man. Go do something. Get a homeless guy saved. Do something for God. Amen. Hallelujah. Go find a backslidden Christian and a witness to him. Do something. Amen. Just get out and do something. Amen. Because we can't afford to sit around and wait for something to happen. It's just not going to happen. How many have ever discovered that in the Lord? You just sit around and wait for something to happen. How many know that's never how revival has ever happened? It it started when somebody went and said, Lord, I'm just going to obey you and I'm going to go, amen, and do what you told me to do, amen. And so we can't afford to sit around and wait for something to happen because the longer we do, the more distant we become from others' needs. The more distant we become from true revival. The more distant we become from the Father's heart. And Jesus' mission. Amen. And we don't want to do that. And I love this. this, this uh, just give me, let me give you two more quotes in closing. God comforts the disturbed. And He disturbs the comfortable. How many believe that? Amen. And I like what Mark Batterson said in his book, If. He said, sometimes we're more afraid of making mistakes than we are of missing opportunities. And I believe that we need to be more afraid of missing opportunities than making mistakes. Amen. God's not calling for a, a well-polished theologian to go. He's just calling you. And He's giving you the power in your calling today. Can we stand on our feet today? Amen. Let me just go over this one more time in, in Luke's Gospel. And Jesus is re- repeating and re- rehearsing Isaiah chapter 61, the prophecy, Messianic prophecy about Him. But Let me just read this again. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, Because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, To preach deliverance to the captives. And recovery of sight to the blind. To set at liberty those that are bruised. To preach the acceptable year of the Lord. I want you to know something about the scripture. That in order for us to minister to those who are blind. Those who are oppressed. Those who are poor. You've got to have them near you. I said you've got to have them near you. The reason that Jesus said that He preached the gospel to the poor is because He went to the poor. He lived with the poor. He lived with those who were lepers lepers, and He lived and He went among them. May we never get to a place as Christians that we are so squeaky clean that we can never have the poor around us. Never entertain those kind of people and those kind of friendships. Those kind of people that Jesus came for were those that were abused. Those who those who were homeless, those who, who just didn't have spiritual eyesight, they were literally physically blind, they were, they were spiritually blind. And in order for us to see healings and revivals, I, I just have to, I, I just have to see what, what Jesus said here. He said that you will always have the poor with you. How many of you know that scripture that Jesus said the poor will always be with you. Now many times we can translate it into we'll never fully, Uh, solve poverty we could say that we could say that we'll always have poverty we'll never solve it we could say that you certainly could say that but can we look at that scripture in a different light and say this that the poor will always be among us the broken will always be among us they'll be in our company we're not after everybody that's well polished and a perfect christian we're after people who need jesus and if you're going to deliver the gospel to the poor, you've got to be know the poor. You've got to be around the poor. You, the poor have got to be. Uh, come on, the brokenhearted have got to be in our midst. The oppressed have got to be in our midst. They've got to be someone we know in order for us to go to them. Is everybody getting this? Amen. I just, I just honestly, I just feel this so much that God's changing us. And, that, and I'm going to tell you something: that we're not going to the same call that was on Jesus and the same response that He said to the disciples, I say to you as a congregation, we are not having the outreach center to minister to good Christians. The outreach center was birthed in the heart of the Lord to reach those that... that Nobody else wants it, nobody else loves that. The oppressed in our city, those who are they're homeless, those who are abused, those who are oppressed, those who are spiritually blind, that's who the OC is for. That's what it's all about. So we, can we say in our heart today as we leave and we end this fast, can we say, Lord, amen, I thank you for the power that you've given me in my calling, but my calling isn't about me, it's about your mission. And Jesus expressed his mission In Luke chapter 4, today is your mission the same mission as Jesus. I came to preach. I came to declare freedom to the captives, those who are sick, those who need healing, those who need mending, those who are broken. And how many know we do not have to look very far to see the needs around us? But nevertheless, we do need to look. Can you say amen? we do need to look. And I want you to have an encounter with the Holy Spirit this week that you've never had before as you walk in your calling, as you pray for people and you reach out to people. And so today as we leave, I just want to pray over you and I want to pray for your calling, your gifting that God has given you or life. I'm going to ask the Lord that, that it just is open up to you like a blueprint before you. You see giftings that God has given you understand as Paul prayed for the churches that you would come into the knowledge of the things that God has for you that you would understand the hope that's in the calling that you would understand the calling itself and the giftings that God has given you for that calling please don't ever say that I'm too small I'm too weak I'm too insignificant every one of you God is called every one of you God is gifted every one of you God loves come on there's nobody here too young. There's nobody that can say, I'm too old. I'm, I'm beyond that point. There's nobody that can say, I wasted my days in sin and I missed the call of God. Nobody in this room can say that. Come on, somebody. Amen. How many know Moses could have said that at 80? Amen. But he was at the right place at the right time. At 80 years old, God said, I'm going to refire your purpose. I'm going to refire, amen, the calling of God in your life. In Jesus' name. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you today. Amen. For the power that you've given us of the Holy Spirit in our calling. You've, thank you, Lord. You've called us to the mission of Jesus. Lord, to love others, to reach out, to be a blessing, to strengthen the church that we can do the work of Jesus Christ on the earth, Lord. We pray today, I pray over everyone in this congregation who received you as their Lord and Savior, believers in Jesus. Lord, I pray that you would, Lord, infuse them with the power of the Holy Spirit today in a fresh way, like you did in the book of Acts, Lord. Lord, infuse them in a fresh way, amen, with the rest of the Holy Spirit that comes in our lives and gives us the strength and the peace and the joy. Lord, the the Holy Spirit has come to give us righteousness, peace, and joy. Hallelujah in Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray that you would release, Lord, your gifts in their life in a fresh way like never before. Let the gifts awaken in their heart today. Let the calling awaken today in their heart, Lord. I pray that the spiritual ability that you give them will arise and awaken, Lord, in Jesus' name. No lie that the is whispered in the ear will work anymore but I've dispelled all lies that the enemy has spoken in their life they're they're not good enough, they're not strong enough they're not old enough and in Jesus name we thank you Lord I pray Lord that you're going to open up our eyes and see the needs those around us I don't care if it's on a country road sitting on a a uh, uh, just kind of in the back of a truck witnessing to our neighbor I don't care what it is where it is Lord I pray that you would open our eyes to the needs of those around us and may we be your hands may we be your mouthpiece may we be Lord extension of your grace your love your mercy and Lord may we not cut short other people from their blessing from you today in Jesus name we give you all the praise and all the glory And everybody said, amen. Can we give God a cheer today? Amen.